right, thank you, Scott Shannon, and thanks to all of you for being with us. Toll free, our number is 800-941-SHAWN if you want to be a part of the program. If you would have asked me over the weekend when I thought the odds are that this this very leftist, you know, insane prosecutor or DA in New York, uh, the odds that he's going to indict Donald Trump, I would have said probably 99%. It seemed like a fait accompli. Something's changed. And most notably is the fact that, you know, when you look at the law, when you look at the statute of limitations, when you look at it, when in its in total and you look at this guy's record, I have it in front of me. It, it, it'll put chills down your spine. You know, the the way he handles real violent criminals and people guilty of serious crimes. And what he's doing and how he's twisting the law to benefit himself uh, every day that smart people, even on fake news, CNN, even MSDNC are saying this. This is about as weak a case as you could ever have. Um, look, it is. Uh, well, I, I think the most devastating moment, though, came yesterday. And that is when Bob Costello, former legal advisor to Cohen before they had a falling out, acted on acted for President Trump's sometime lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, former supervisor with the Southern District of New York. He has a lot of bona fides here. He said that he's citing evidence contained in his 2020 book, The Fixers, the bottom feeders, crooked lawyers, gossip mongers, and porn stars who created the 45th president. And that Cohn keeps changing his story about Stormy Daniels and the payments and cannot be trusted. And Costello knows because he's on the record, he's an on-the-record source for the book, and Cohn granted him a waiver of attorney-client privilege to reveal what he had told him about his troubles when the feds first came knocking, and it's nothing like what he's saying now. Now, think about this. Now, remember, in a grand jury, the rules of evidence are very, very different. You only hear from one side. You only, you, you can use hearsay evidence. You can use double hearsay evidence in in a before a grand jury, but you're only hearing from the prosecutor the rules that would be followed in terms of evidence and evidentiary hearings, et cetera. They don't apply. So that's why, you know, that's where the phrase you can indict a ham sandwich comes from. But Costello went in there. Now, remember, the the, the star witness is supposedly in this you know, seven-year-old case, which, by the way, we'll get to. Jonathan Turley thinks the statute of limitations have long since gone. Uh, Costello, when prosecutors were told about the book Friday, they knew nothing about it, said a source. But Costello went in there and said that, no, that that not, that uh, Michael Cohn had a very different story, held a long press conference, a very different story that basically he was the one that decided that he was going to do this on behalf of Donald Trump and that he didn't even tell Donald Trump, in fact, that he was doing it at the time. So his ex-legal advisor torching him before the grand jury, which is which also raises questions. Why did they bring him in knowing that he would contradict the star witness, which is Michael Cohn? And then you've got to look at Michael Cohn's record. And Michael Cohn's record is not particularly, um, let us say, stellar. You know, I can go back to the Southern District of New York when they announced that Michael Cohn pled guilty in Manhattan federal court to eight counts, including criminal tax evasion, campaign finance violations. Uh, but the list starts with tax evasion, 
making false statements to a federally insured bank, campaign finance violations, and they talk about the plea being uh, followed, uh, the following of an eight-count criminal information, which alleged that Cohn concealed more than $4 million in personal income from the IRS, made false statements to a federally insured financial institution in connection with a $500,000 home equity loan, and in 2016 caused $280,000 in payments to be made to silence two women who otherwise planned to speak publicly about their alleged affairs with a presidential candidate, thereby intending to influence the 2016 presidential election. Cohn pled guilty uh, before the U.S. judge at the time, and I, I forget how long he was sentenced to prison, but that was their announcement at the time. Now, here's what gets interesting. I think it gets very interesting. Is Costello speaking to reporters after two hours of testimony that they didn't keep him in there very long? Usually they keep people in there a long time before a grand jury, hoping over time they can get the information that they're looking for or something close to it. And what he said is if they want to go after Donald Trump and have solid evidence, so be it, he said. But Michael Cohn is far from solid evidence. He said he is totally unreliable. This is what he said at the press conference speaking to reporters. And uh, Cohn, one of Trump's lawyers at the time of the payment, you know, so many things he said, quote, are untrue. So the lead witness is going to be who, by the way, admits is an admitted convicted liar. The lead witness is going to be contradicted right there in a court of law. Now, the worst place for any conservative to be tried on well, one of the top worst places, New York, D.C., I would argue um, those are two of the worst. I would argue probably Fulton County, Georgia would be number three right up there. But anyway, so Costello represented Trump allies Rudy Giuliani and Steve Bannon told reporters after his testimony that he met with Cohn in April of 2018 when Cohn was being investigated for a number of potential crimes and one of them relating to hush money payments to Daniels that is now focused on Trump. And Daniels claimed that he, she had an affair with Trump. Trump has denied that. Cohn paid her $130,000 to keep quiet in the closing days of the 2016 presidential election. Cohn, in 2018, pled guilty to federal campaign violations and all the things that I just mentioned to you. And he made, he says now that he made it the request of Donald Trump. Costello says, and he spoke before the grand jury yesterday, told reporters that when he spoke to Cohn in 2018, that Cohn said he did not make, that he'd made the payment on his own, his idea not Donald Trump's. He said, Michael Cohn, quote, did this on his own. I remember at the time I was told by a very credible source the exact same thing. And I said, why would you do that? He said, because I wanted to keep this secret, even secret from my own wife. Costello said, noting that Cohn had taken out the loan to make the payment. And he said, Cohn told him, I didn't want Melania Trump to know. I didn't want my wife to know. So intention also has a big part to play in this as well. And that is, did he intend to, you know, use this as a campaign contribution or perhaps prevent uh, Melania Trump from hearing about it, reading about it and 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 having to deal with that? Um, what's also interesting is with all the coverage of this impending indictment of Donald Trump, the mob, the media, they are so conveniently omitting a very key detail which could completely undermine any Trump indictment. Jonathan Turley wrote a great column. In other words, I mean that even if everything prosecutors alleged is true, 
they have they still have a problem because these complaints first surfaced seven years ago in 2016. And by the way, remember, the federal government passed on these charges, campaign finance charges. FEC passed on these charges. The prior prosecutor passed on these charges. Then you get a new prosecutor, Alvin Bragg, and you got these guys working pro bono. One of them writes a book, uh, calls it, you know, what did he call it? The tomb case. You know, because they kept bringing it back to life and then they kept realizing there's no law under which we can we can get a conviction of. So they put it back in. I'm sorry, the zombie case and put it back in mothballs anyway. And in, in, but what he Jonathan Turley said on Fox News Sunday, I think Bragg is out of time. And what he's referring to is the statute of limitations of, is about two years on this offense that is already run. You can extend it to five years if you connect it as a felony to another crime. But even at five years, I'm not sure the time has not run out. Well, you do the math, time's run out. And so there's going to be some very intense challenges here. And I, I, I think he's right on, on all fronts regarding this. Um, I have a quote, and I'm sure others will begin to surface. We've been doing a deep dive the last couple of days. I have a lot of information that I want to pass on to you. Uh, let's go to the New York Times. Liberals like the New York Times, right, Linda? They love the New York Times. They it's their it. favorite. It's their it's absolute their favorite. favorite. And they even they even get pulled surprises when they get things wrong that we actually ended up getting right. But anyway, from the New York Times, February 13th, 2018, uh, I am, and by the way, this is a quote of Michael Cohn, I am Mr. Trump's longtime special counsel. I have prof- uh, proudly served in that role for more than a decade. In a private transaction in 2016, I used my own personal funds to facilitate a payment of $130,000 to Miss Stephanie Clifford, Stormy Daniels. Uh, neither the, the Trump organization nor the Trump campaign was a party to this transaction with Miss Clifford, and neither reimbursed me for payment either directly or indirectly, and the payment was lawful. It was not a campaign contribution or a campaign expenditure by anybody. Now, this is their lead. This this is their top, top witness in this case. This is it. And Robert Costello, you know, even told and, you know, that Michael Cohn is a liar and unreliable while saying in New York County District Court, Alvin Bragg does not want to get the, the truth. Uh, in his prosecution of, of former President Trump, Costello appeared before the grand jury testifying that, quote, Michael Cohn is a, quote, serial liar. And, you know, they called the case the, the weakest, to say the least, adding that his two-hour sit-down in lower Manhattan gave him the feeling that the district attorney was uninterested in the truth. I called them up after I saw Michael Cohn on TV stating things that he said he was going to tell the grand jury that were contrary to what he told us when we first represented him in April of 2018. So I'm sitting at home watching these lies, and I said, I've got to do something about it. I don't represent Donald Trump, but I do stand for justice, and I think I have a legal obligation to inform both sides. When the U.S. Attorney's Office phoned Costello to talk about his time representing Cohn, well, he asked if, if they had documentation of Cohn waiving his uh, you know, attorney-client privilege, and anyway, Costello then testifies that he's a serial liar. Okay, how's that working out? Um, we have a lot more to get to. I, I've got so much to say here. Most people don't know what a non-disclosure agreement is. You know, 
if if it's a conservative, it's hush money. It's to, you know, silence somebody. It's got a very sinister connotation. But it's called, in reality, in legal terms, a non-disclosure agreement. You know what I'd love to know? How many people in that district attorney's office, how many times over the years have they signed non-disclosure agreements? How many times? Because I guarantee you, I could bet, I'd bet everything I had they, they've signed them, as many companies have. You ever hear of a nuisance lawsuit? Let me explain a nuisance lawsuit. All right, you're a big corporation. Somebody makes an allegation. They're threatening to sue you if, if you don't compensate them, let's say, $250,000. Okay, the company sits down, talks to the accountants, talks to the you know, corporate attorneys, and they say, all right, how much is it going to be to defend ourselves? How, what will be the negative fallout publicity-wise for this if it gets out? And they do a benefit-cost analysis on this, and then they decide... We'll offer the person a hundred grand, make it go away, and we'll move on with our business because this, you know, quote is the cost of doing business. That's called a nuisance lawsuit, even if they really believe, and even if they are completely innocent. It happens every day, every single solitary day.